Arabian Gulf Cup is returning to Iraq on Friday for the first time since 1979. Coming less than a month after the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, the tournament in the once war-torn city of Basra represents another electrifying moment for football fans in the region. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm Robert Tollest, and this week we're taking a closer look at a historic moment for sport in Iraq, what it means for the country and the region. Before we start, if you like Beyond the Headlines and want to get all the episodes as they come out, then just hit subscribe on your podcast app. First up, we go to the national correspondent Sanan Mahmood, who's in Basra now. Residents here um, uh, really feel proud about the tournament finally happening in their hometown uh, after many attempts to host it after 2010, when the secure situation started to improve. They are uh, talking to the uh, to the fans from the Gulf states in the streets, shaking their shaking hands with them, change uh, jokes, and whenever they see them in streets or restaurants, uh, they take pictures with them. Iraq will be joined at the tournament by the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, Qatar and Yemen in the 25th Gulf Cup, which will run from January 6th to the 19th. Since Iraq last hosted the Games, the country has changed beyond recognition. For one thing, its population has jumped from around 13 million in 1979 to 41 million today, so sports stadiums need to be far larger. In the southern port city of Basra, the largest stadium once held just 10,000 people. But today, the two largest venues, both built since 2013, can hold nearly 100,000 sports fans combined. Here's Sanan again. It's a sprawling uh, facility. With the, with the, uh, we're talking about the main stadium, the Trunk Stadium. It, uh, uh, it accommodates about 65,000 people uh, with, uh, with, I think, four mm-hmm. stadiums, four small stadiums for training and other facilities. They are still building uh, a hotel there. It's a sports city the main sports city for Basra. Critics say these construction successes have come at the expense of more important infrastructure, including electricity and water treatment facilities, which are sorely needed in an area that regularly experiences blackouts in scorching summer temperatures. Yassar al-Maliki is a non-resident scholar at the Middle East Institute. I attended the first opening of the sports city back in 2013. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, if you go back to Wikipedia, I was the first to submit pictures of the venue. Well, you have to understand that as Basrawis, we are very proud to host the Gulf Cup. Um, to us, it's a long time coming. Basra shares um, some deep historical, cultural and social ties with the rest of the Arabian Gulf. We have similar dialects, food, traditional dress. We have family and tribal ties to the rest of this region. And as a matter of fact, as someone who comes from Zbaye in Basra, you know, um, Kuwait to me is a closer to my hometown than Baghdad or Mosul. Now, can the Sports City project be considered efficient, the right kind of spending? Is it the most urgent need that we have in Basra? Factually, not really. Uh, we do need water treatment plants, sewage systems, power provision, improved urban planning. We have many grievances, actually, with the central government. We contribute some 90% to Iraqi oil exports, which in turn make up some 95% of the federal fiscal revenues, but get very little in return. As a matter of fact, Basra basically financially subsidizes the rest of the country and often doesn't even get a thank you in return. But the Sports City was the first major infrastructure project to be delivered in Basra, and it has shown the potential Basra has to host international sports events. And over the years, this will help expand 
other sectors like real estate, maybe, or hospitality or tourism. And of course, you know, help develop the associated infrastructure, which will help the province diversify its economy with the right planning. So as Basrawis, we hope the success of the Gulf Cup will, you know, inshallah, help prove such a case. But this week, as millions of fans gather in the city, none of that seems to matter for some of the diehard fans. Sinan explains. I can't say the majority of the people um, are happy with the, uh, with the infrastructure, with the, all the infrastructure from the stadium, the trunk stadium and the El Mina stadium. So they are happy with, the, with, the, with, what, are, with, with what they are seeing in the streets uh, regarding the preparations, regarding the new five-star uh, hotels in the, um, in the city. But some of them are still angry about the hefty money spent uh, on these projects and uh, other preparations. They say that authorities should have spent that money on the public services instead, like the uh, water and, um, and, and electricity. The wider region has also changed profoundly since Iraq last held the Games. In fact, it's almost impossible to imagine the cup, which locals call Khaliji 25, being held in Iraq in the past 40 years. The last venue for the cup in Iraq was the 40,000 capacity Al Shaab Stadium in Baghdad, which was then Iraq's largest sporting venue. But the dream of sport as a unifying force has not changed. John McCauley, sports correspondent for The National, explains the significance of Basra hosting the Cup, coming on the heels of the Qatar World Cup. Off the back of the World Cup, which obviously hosted by Qatar, the first Arab country to to stage football's marquee event, uh, and Morocco doing incredibly well. You know, history makers, pioneers, trailblazers for for the region, for Arab football. Um, It really is a, a... a golden period for Middle Eastern football, especially. The fact that, as I said, the fact that it's to finally be happening in, in Iraq has, has really piqued the interest in, in the, the tournament. And, and don't get me wrong, obviously, the World Cup far outweighs anything in terms of the intrigue and the popularity of, of major football in this region. And then you've got the Asian Cup, which is what well, was supposed to happen this year um, in China initially, and now it's been rescheduled to take place in Qatar, and that'll either be in December or early January. So, you know, that's kind of at the forefront of a lot of these teams' minds. But again, there are younger players, probably unproven players, that are, are going to be given the chance to use this as a platform to maybe put themselves in the window. So, yeah, th- this can be used as a real kind of breeding ground for, for the next kind of generation of talent coming through. And we're hoping that that will continue with, with the event that's happening in Iraq. Seven years before the 1979 Cup was held in Baghdad, Al Shab Stadium held the short-lived Palestine Cup of Nations, a 1972 tournament of nine countries from the Middle East that aimed to strengthen Arab unity through sport. Within a decade of those games, Iraq embarked on two calamitous wars with neighbouring countries, eventually isolating itself from the Arab world with Saddam Hussein's 1990 invasion of Kuwait. Two years later, Iraq was expelled from the Arabian Gulf Cup tournament. And since the 1979 Cup, Basra has seen no less than four rounds of major fighting. During the Iran-Iraq War, a later uprising against Saddam Hussein in 1991, during the 2003 US-led invasion, and later between the Iraqi government and local militias, which occurred in 2008. But after so much division in the region, the idea that sport is uniting the Middle East seems less like a dream. Morocco's surprise success during the World Cup in Qatar, where they finished fourth, stirred a far-reaching sense of Arab pride. And that came against the backdrop of increasing political dialogue, such as the recent Baghdad conference, 
which was held in Amman and brought together presidents and prime ministers from across the region. Indeed, Iraq has been trying to play a role of regional bridge builder on the diplomatic front, and hosting the Arabian Gulf Cup will only boost the country's soft power image. Here's Yasser al-Maliki again. Politically speaking, hosting the tournament in Basra is a culmination of the long efforts successive Iraqi governments exerted as a part of the reapproachment that Iraq started with its Arab neighbours, uh, especially Gulf countries. There are many issues at stake here. Baghdad wants to prove that it is capable of providing hospitable, friendly and secure environment uh, for visitors, also reverse stereotypes and even perhaps show potential investors and the future visitors that Iraq is open, interesting and attractive. Iraq indeed has eased visa restrictions uh, with actually even on arrival visas um, to citizens of EU countries and holders of US and UK passports even before the Gulf Cup. And these are all attempts to promote tourism in the country. As for Mr. Sudani himself, the Gulf Cup comes as an opportunity to win trust with Gulf countries. It is clear that him being uh, supported by the Iran-backed Shia coordination framework and his ties to uh, former Prime Minister Maliki are problematic uh, for relations with Gulf countries. Um, and the warming relations between Baghdad and Riyadh, for instance, have cooled recently since uh, him coming to office. That said, Gulf nations also understand that rapprochement with Iraq is perhaps more important on the public level, and allowing Basra to host the Gulf Cup will for sure help when minds and hearts in Iraq. Perhaps this is even much more rewarding on the long term than the government-to-government approach itself. The 1979 Cup in Baghdad was also held just months before Saddam Hussein gained total control of Iraq, and a decade before he put Iraq at loggerheads with the Gulf by invading Kuwait and even attacking the Saudi Arabian city of Kafji. That sequence of events put Iraq on a collision course with the US, and Baghdad's Al-Shab stadium did not survive the subsequent US invasion. For many Iraqis, the country's fallen into an abyss since the optimism of 1979, when Iraq won the tournament as its economy rode a wave of high oil prices. Iraq's civil strife was later followed by the rise and fall of ISIS between 2014 and 2017. The security situation was so bad for so long, that FIFA didn't lift a post-2003 ban on international games being held in Iraq until 2018, although Jordan played a friendly game in 2017. While Al-Shab in Baghdad has since been restored, it's Basra that's now taking the spotlight, with its 60,000-capacity Basra International Stadium, built at a cost of half a billion dollars and opened in 2013 as Iraq saw its first 2003 oil boom. Before then, civil strife meant the country had struggled to raise oil output, But one product of that oil boom is the massive main venue, known as the Palm Trunk Stadium, due to its distinctive architecture, and it towers above a city, often cited as one of Iraq's most neglected. Here's Sinan again on the feel in Basra. The piles of garbage still um, um, in the uh, the dust-covered streets. Um, uh, Animals like uh, donkeys, stray dogs, sheep, and goats roam the streets, uh, in some parts of the streets, not all of them. Um, the small rivers that run through the central city uh, are filled with sewage and trash, and you can smell the sewage in the air. People here are still complaining about poor uh, public services, mainly the electricity, uh, electricity and water. Uh, they are still depending on uh, on the private generators to, to buy electricity for their home. They are still uh, buying uh, drinkable waters to be used uh, uh, at homes. 
Like the country overall, Basra's population has swelled over the decades as Iraqis have fled during uprises and civil conflict, or left the surrounding countryside as farming has gone into decline. Thousands live in slums as oil flares burn in the distance, a site that's become a symbol of inequality in the country, which some say has been cursed by oil wealth. A year before the British army entered the city as part of the US-led invasion in 2003, aid workers reported pools of sewage water in the streets and a lack of electricity. Just four years earlier, as Iraq crumbled under international sanctions, one of the city's only football stadiums was used as a morgue during a local uprising against Saddam. And by the time Basra International Stadium saw its inaugural game in 2013, the city was still facing a tough struggle to rebuild. The power cut out during the first match held there. Several years later in 2018, despite billions of dollars of oil revenue and countless reconstruction projects, the city saw 100,000 people sickened as water treatment systems were overwhelmed with sewage, petrochemicals and seawater. In this context, the stadium represents a significant achievement in the city. But we wondered whether the controversy of Basra's most successful infrastructure project, being a sports stadium, had faded amid the excitement of the cup. Here's Sanan again. There is a real uh, festive and cheerful atmosphere here in Basra. Uh, Basraways are uh, impatiently waiting for the fans from the uh, Gulf states and other parts of the country for the tournament. Um, and there is a wonderful uh, sentiment of greeting, warm welcome and hospitality in the city. Thank you this week to contributors Sinan Mahmood, Yasser al-Maliki and John McCauley. We were produced this week by Thomas Smith, Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. I'm Robert Tollest and this was Beyond the Headlines. To get all the episodes as soon as they air, why not hit subscribe in your podcast app? And you can leave us a review while you're there. It makes all the difference.